Hi, welcome back to the Gopher Guys. This is James DePoint. I'm joined by my good buddy here, Pete Carlson. The show is brought to you by Rock Solid Financials. Reach out to them with all your tax, bookkeeping, and accounting needs. You can find them on the World Wide Web at rocksolidfinancials.com. Pete, we are back. We've been away for a couple weeks. Uh, we've been able to see five games since we've last been on. Um, you have your 11-4 and four Four and four in the Big Ten, number seventeen in the nation, seventh place in the Big Ten. Minnesota Gophers are. What What do you feel about this? I mean, I, it, we're it, we're like the Jekyll and Hyde. No, I mean we never know ever yeah, what but, we're going to get at yeah. any point in time. What, what What's What's your overall it, I, vibe here? I think if we play at Williams Arena all the time, we'd be undefeated. <laughs> yeah, so we're so we're eleven and zero at yeah. home. Yeah. We're zero and four away. Can you can you tell me what like can you just you're smarter than I am can you tell me why that in an empty arena we are eleven and zero at home noise. the crowd you noise think? pumping in <laughs> you think I don't I, think they have no, any it's gotta, crowd, no there's there's no, no crowd noise they pump in though right I know they have no. music but there's no genuine crowd noise right? there isn't they don't right so in an empty arena how are we eleven and zero and somehow we're zero and four on the road. And it's not you can't give me the answer of it's who we played because we beat yep, Michigan at home, yeah. we beat Iowa at home. So it's not just by coincidence that we're playing good or bad teams home or away. It's not that. I mean, how on earth is that the case? It's weird because it kind of takes out the crowd element that everyone yeah. goes to, right? Talks Makes, so much about. Yeah, talks so much. There was there were 38 people in there for Michigan. So that, maybe that thirty for the eight, Michigan game. Yeah, thirty-eight people compared so to maybe, maybe zero they get in their, their heads. Home. Maybe that's it. They can hear them. Maybe the family, individual fans. Yeah, maybe the family made a difference. It's I, it's. I mean, Williams. No, is but, a, but it, seriously, I mean, yeah, well, seriously. I mean, it, it, is there the element of just feeling comfortable? Yeah, there. I mean, home but you would, you would think that they would feel comfortable with fans, though, right? I. It'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out. This continues to hold. Yeah. But it's really not good for advertising for why fans matter when they come back. Yeah. Um, if and when. So, uh, yeah, I mean, at, at Williams is a unique court. I'm sure it's easier to shoot on your own, own home mm-hmm. court. So, maybe that's a bigger factor than the crowd. Yeah. Which for marketing and pub is not what you want to be selling as a big, you know, big time conference because that's your whole vibe. So, yep. I'm curious if that, you know, that's why the fans are there, right? To be a part of the action. So, yep. but it would be great to have seen some of these great wins at home. I mean, probably two of the better wins in the last handful of years: yep. Iowa, and Michigan at home. Yep. So it's kind of a bummer that the the season ticket holder base and the and the students are all missing out on I know. the fact and the fact that I they know. can't get at least like a thousand fans in there. I know it makes no sense, I but know. that's the so it's really weird how it's just kind of worked that way so far, and it'll be interesting to see if that holds the rest of the year. Yep, I got no explanation for you. I, I mean, no, I, I mean, I just no. I I think that, like you said, I think the comfort of home is good. I, I think I think for it may not affect the home team. I think it more affects the away team because I think the away team gets a little more hyped when they're on the road and they have sure. everyone cheering against them, which mm. sounds weird, you know what I mean? Where it almost becomes a little bit of an advantage, I think sometimes, but now it's that weird in between of no one's cheering against you and you're in a unfamiliar arena, right? And it's just kind of neutral and it's it's just irrelevant, right? It's like, yep. I, I don't know, it, it's weird. Everything about it is weird. It's hard to, 
draw any conclusions from. But um, anyway, moving on, Gophers completed eight-game stretch uh, of playing ranked teams, the hardest stretch in college basketball in over a decade. Wow. Um, which is which is just crazy to me. We end up going four and four in it. We talked about earlier on the podcast, we talked about the six-game stretch, so minus those last two of what we thought would be successful. We both thought three and three would be mm-hmm. would be it. They went three and three, right? So um, when you look, and we'll, we'll include the eight here, so this hardest stretch, we went four and four. What what do you draw from that? Is that is that still as you look at? It, is that are you still happy with that? Is that yeah, so oh, yeah, very happy. Lost, went fifty percent, but is that yeah, oh, we super, can be okay with? I'm super happy with that. I mean, it's funny how it's it's feast or famine. It's like uh, you know the losses have been not close, so that's a bummer. But the wins have been the same thing to mm-hmm. our benefit. So I mean, really. What makes a difference is our defense sets the tone, I feel like. Absolutely. Um, and I think when we lost to Wisconsin, they set the tone on defense. We couldn't shoot. If you look at every single game, it's just like it's shooting percentage between the two teams. And yep. a defense, part of that's just whether, whether you're hot or not. Yep. But the defense probably has a big part to do with it. I mean, Michigan looked flustered from the get-go. Yep. And the Gophers were all over them. So. Yep. Um, Liam Robbins has been a key factor, in my opinion, last, yep. you know, over that stretch when they win, he's active, out of foul trouble, and making threes. And mm-hmm. He's the best three point shooter on the team. Yeah, for, he, almost 41%. Yep. So for the year. So, I mean, I, you know, that, I mean, you can't draw any conclusions other than we just either, you know, basically just kick the crap out of them or. Or get the the opposite, and it's just uh, yeah. A lot of it is our ink. That's the biggest frustration this team. After watching this eight game stretch, is you never know which teams that show up. A lot of it has to do with the style of Patino play, which is not yes. a consistent team. Yep. And Carr is Carr is up and down, and yep. I think that so goes the team a little bit in terms of flow and defense, yep. et cetera. Yep. I agree. I I think the biggest thing for me looking at it, especially with that eight game stretch. I mean, you look at it. Anytime we go like Wisconsin, you know, we, we lose by 12, but it, it, it felt like more. Wisconsin yeah. was in control that entire game, right? So as soon as we think, oh my gosh, we have a terrible team, then they go beat Ohio State by 17, right? And then we go get blasted by Michigan. We get blasted by Iowa. We're, we're like, all right, same old Gophers team that we think is going to be great. And then they... Um, and then they disappoint us. Well, then as soon as we start thinking that, then they go beat number seven team in the nation <laughs> yep. by 18 points, right? And so to your point, when we're hot, we're hot. And when we're not, we're not. And my biggest frustration, and you kind of alluded to it a bit too, is with Patino. I mean, the good teams find a way, even when they're not shooting at a high percentage, they find ways to adjust at least at halftime to, mm-hmm. all right, what can we do to get some good shots or what can we do to get to the rim or get the ball inside or, or create some momentum in positive way. Or maybe we press them. Maybe we go to a one, three, one trap. Maybe we play zone a little bit, like do something just to change the momentum or the outcome. But I feel like when I'm watching the games where we get blasted, I feel like we're just watching us slowly get just pushed down the yep. road yep. and there's nothing that we're doing to change our reality, right? There, there's, yeah, you're there, spot on. We're, we're, we're yeah. just, it's just happening, and we're just there for the ride, and we're just watching it. And Patino's just there sitting with his popcorn watching it as well. He's just getting mad about it, but he's not doing anything to change it. And that's, that's my biggest frustration. It's like I feel like every game we either get out coached 
or we just have the players that are the making it, shots yeah, yep. to win it for us. But I never feel like, and I could be wrong, and maybe this is being too harsh on Patino, and I'll, I'll own that, but I never feel like, wow, Patino really, really coached a great game here. Yeah. Okay? With the one yeah. exception, I, I will say this, with the one exception, I do, like the first time we beat Iowa, I do like his defensive strategy against Garza. That was the one time where, I, where they doubled mm-hmm. and trapped it. That was the one time where I was like, okay, Patino, you did something. But other than that, I never feel like we have the coach, the better coach, right? Am I wrong? Yeah, no, I think that's a I great mean, point. Is it, that too harsh? No, it, no, I think it's a great point. And to go through those three games, Wisconsin, we were only down by seven and a half, mm-hmm. got blown out in the second half. Yep. That one, you know, that was kind of a, that one got, uh, it wasn't too close to half, but it was close. Michigan yep. game, we were only six down um, and got beat by 19 in the second half. Yep. The Iowa game, last one, we were within two. Yes. And got outscored by 13 in the second half. So yep. you're right. That sure looks like a coach that gets outcoached in the second half. Yes. And, and when we do win, the players uh, prevail. It just seems like just yes. they're not going to lose when Carr plays. Like when Carr's on, it's just amazing to watch. Yeah. And they're yep. very talented. Um, no, I think that criticism is real. And it's my biggest pet peeve about Patino is that he, he does that well. If they make plays, we're pretty good. Yep. And it's like, well, if they don't make plays, we're not very good. Yes. It's like, well, then what are we – isn't that a coach's job is to get your team in the right mindset to win yes. and put them in a position to win. So you can't just, like, outsource that to the players. Like, yes. I don't, I don't know what your problem is. I mean, yes. it, like, like, that's – got to own that. The good coaches own it yes. and set the tone for their team. Absolutely. No, so, I agree. I mean – No, so Dan Dockich, uh during the last Michigan game, the one we, yeah. we just played, um, he was very – critical on Marcus Carr, if you heard. I mean, he was talking about how, I don't think he ever used the word, well, no, 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 actually he did use the word selfish, um, just with his shot, yeah, his did, shot right? taking. Yeah. I mean, he was all over him about that. Uh, he was all over him about too much dribbling, too much isolation, whatever else. And he indirectly called out Patino saying, hey, he needs to just pull him out of the game and say, hey, here's the deal. Like, this isn't what we do. That's a selfish play, get your teammates involved. Do you think his comments had any basis of reality? Like, was that a fair comment? I mean, Dockage yeah. has watched plenty of Gopher games, so it wasn't his first time. So I feel like he's seen a big enough sample size, and obviously Carr's legit. But was that was that a fair set of comments by Dockage, would you say? Yeah, yeah, I think it yeah. is. And I think but in def- to defend Carr – He's the coach puts him in that position. Like every time they they like go, just Marcus. You can see Patino just everyone clear out. Yeah. So he's doing what he's been told to do almost. But yes. he does get when he's his finishing has been weak the last handful of games. Yeah. You know the stuff that he just pulls out of a hat he hasn't been doing lately. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it is because he's not getting the easy shot before he takes the hard shot. He's just trying to force it. So yes. I mean I think it's a very fair criticism. And I think. I don't know if I'd even blame that on Carr per se because Patino wants this to be his team and you're going to yep. live or die by him and that's recipe for great games and terrible games. Yep. Not consistency. So. Yep. No, I, I agree. I, th- I think Carr, and it's weird because I remember saying this last year, even though he led the team yeah. in assists last year, I always felt like he was the most selfish player because it's like, wait a minute, how does he lead our team in assists? But it's probably because he's always the one on the floor, right? Yeah, a lot but of minutes. Yep. He, he, he gets... There's a lot of isolation plays where you know it's yeah you as you said Patina just says everyone get out of the way we're just gonna go NBA style and let Marcus yeah. do it which has it worked before 
Yes. Right. Yep. So that's why it's, you know, kind of fool's gold because you get away with it a few times and you start going, Oh, all right, maybe we should keep doing this. Or it's, I don't like it in the sense of Marcus dribbles too much. He gets times where he dribbles too much. He gets dribble happy and people start staring at Marcus. Yep. And the other team doesn't move. In the, yeah, yeah, the other team doesn't move, and now he claps on them, and it just gets us so out of rhythm, and it doesn't get anyone else involved. Even when we do score out of Marcus, it doesn't get anyone else involved and anyone else feeling good. Now the defense changes what they're doing, and now all of a sudden, shoot, now you guys got to produce for us now, even though we haven't been involved in the, in the game yep. much at all. So I think it's a recipe that doesn't work long-term. And I think we're slowly starting to see that with some of his output where he's had a few games where he's had, you know, 12, 13 points, you know what I mean? Where he hasn't been the guy. So, you know, the Big Ten's well aware of who Marcus is and yep. they're well aware of that Patino thinks a lot of him and is going to let him shoot the ball. But we got to figure out some sort of happy medium because should he be the one shooting most of our shots or the one that shoots most of our shots? Yes. Yep. Between him and Robbins. Um, but I think he needs to find a way to get others more involved. That's what we, the great ones do. They make others yeah. better. And I, I don't ever look at Marcus and be like, oh, man, look at look at how he makes Gotch better. Look how he makes yeah. Robbins better. Look how he makes Kelsher better. You know what I mean? Yep. Like I never – that never comes across my brain. But yeah, no, I, you're right. You're right. I mean, like, like Brandon Johnson has been playing really good lately. Yeah. And, and you need to get him touches. You need to get Booth Gotch, who's kind of was through a slump and now he's gotten better. Liam Robbins. I mean, you have a good Gabe. You have a good supporting cast. And you got, I mean, if you're not using them, that's you're not doing your job and you got to give them looks. Yeah. And it, the team is much better off because you're not dependent on feast or famine from Carr. Yeah. I like Robbins's play uh, as of, I mean, he's been, he, I mean, just from a defensive yeah. standpoint, I mean, he's been just awesome. I mean, he's been um, lights out down low with defense. That's never, he never has an off game defensively, I feel like. Now we just, I feel, need to get him more involved offensively. What's your thoughts on, uh, the one, and we've talked about this many times, but I want to revisit it because I think it's it's a little bit new and relevant now with Gabe. He's he started to make a few more threes. Yep. We haven't seen as many air balls lately, mm-hmm. where he has like a three made and then the next trip's an air ball. I feel like he's taking the ball to the rim better and actually finishing better. He had a mid-range turnaround, Pete, where he made. Mm-hmm. He's, I, I think he's developing his game where I think he's actually a productive offensive player on our roster. I'm, I'm okay you're, with you're saying, okay that saying that now. Yeah. No, I, th- I think. Yeah, he's, he's, I think, yeah, yeah. he's, the mix is much better and he, if you can get in low double digits every game by being efficient, that's yeah. I think that's all you need out of them. Yep. And then, of course, then just I know we've it's like we've said it multiple times, but then on defense, he runs the show in terms of guards their best player, and that's yep. undervalued. Oh, absolutely. So offensively, as long as he cannot struggle, and then maybe he's gonna get hot one of these games. Well, every commentator loves to say that he is. You know what I mean? Like, yes. One but, of these games, but Gabe's, Gabe's gonna go off for. Eight yeah. for eight from three. It's like okay. Well, I've been. I watch every game. You waiting for that? It, we're what are we? Fifteen games in, Pete. Fifteen games in. He hasn't gone off yet. So True. still, still waiting. True. He, he's he's been better though. Yes. You're right. I mean, he's mixing it in better, and that's what you got to do when you're struggling. So 
Eric Curry, if you watch the Michigan yeah. game, thoughts on Eric Curry? I mean, he, he's, he's been yeah. finally relevant, right? Yeah. Is, is that something that you think is sustainable, or is that a one-off yeah, game? Or do no, you think I, you'll see him more in the mix now that Patino saw that, or is that just kind of cute and well, it's, that, was, it's, that was a nice little ribbon on no, I think I think he's found his role and he makes other people better and he knows his limitations and he and he's making some jumpers. Yeah. And he, with you know, Omersa gone, that's a you know, he's taking those minutes. Yeah. Robbins thankfully hasn't gotten in foul trouble. Yeah. I mean that's probably why we're talking about a couple more victories. If he gets in foul trouble, that's a big drop off yes. to um to um Curry. But Absolutely. yeah, no, I, I'm very happy with how he's played. I mean they've they've sprinkled in Freeman a little bit. I know, and, so, he, and, and he hasn't been. And when you say sprinkle in, I mean, there's sometimes where I mean he playing. comes in for like a possession yeah. and they take him out. Yep. But when he comes in, it's always productive. He never he looks like a, you know, like he's lost or anything like that. I mean, it's, they're going to need him next year, right? Yes. So I mean, you have no one. You have Curry gone, and then Robbins. Rob, Robbins will be there. Well, has one more year, right? So yeah. if behind him though, you need somebody. No Mursa, no Curry next Correct. year. Correct. I'm assuming. I don't know if there's ever been a. For Curry? For Amursa, I don't know if there's been a story of what but even, actually but happens. But. Well, but even if he comes back, I mean, yeah. What, I mean, what is he going to provide? Yeah. You so, know what I mean? Yeah, so Curry, I'm very happy. I'm, I'm happy for him, and, and he seems to be finding his role in this team, and it's been huge for the team. Yep. Anyone else before? So we'll, um, before we move to the, essentially the second half of the season, we're eight games through, we have... Through the Big Ten season, we have 12 games left. So essentially, we'll call it the midpoint of the season, essentially, uh, with where we're at. Anyone that um, surprised you in the sense where you really liked or want to see more of going into this next 12-game stretch or has disappointed you that Did, we really yeah. need to improve to, to got, take us to the next level here? Yeah, I got two more to cover that we haven't covered yet. So these are disappointments. Isaiah Enan's been disappointing. Absolutely. Or flat, or whatever you want to call it. Trey Williams has been very disappointing. Yes. He just doesn't look like he knows where he, he needs to be out there. So that's been pretty disappointing. Everyone else has actually been better, I think, or as good. Um, the last you know handful of games. Yep, I li- I still like Mashburn. I still think there's I still think there's a role for him. I I want him to still be in there. I don't want him shooting the three ever again this year. Wait for him to get in the weight room and get stronger and and develop that. But his mid range game is awesome and he plays good defense. And I think there's think there's a role. But you hit it on the head with with Trey. Trey looks looks lost. I mean, mm-hmm. he airballed one or his first two threes. Yesterday or on against Michigan, he didn't even touch the rim with them. So you you just never know. And then he does a 360 reverse layup, and you're like, oh, really? Mm-hmm. So you just never know. Yeah, Isaiah, yeah, the athleticism is there, but it just it's he's inconsistent. Doesn't yes. know where he fits right now. Yes, Isaiah Enan, that's one like we talked about before, a four star recruit that he shows flashes that we talked about last podcast. He's was finally rebounding, but he hasn't got the minutes lately. Um, and when he gets out there, it's still kind of indecisive where you never know. I still, I still put on Booth Gotch where he's my biggest disappointment, especially after the first few games, I thought he was going to be the guy. He showed some flashes a little bit lately, but it hasn't been a consistent show from him. So I think he could be the guy that would be the easiest one to improve because I think he has all the tools to be able to, uh, to go to that next level. But who knows, right? I mean, it's it's like he hasn't been relevant for several games. I mean, we're yeah, talking been... 
I, yeah. I can't remember the last time where I'm like, wow, he, he really pulled it together where he had 15, 20 points. You know what I mean? So um, that'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. 12 games left. So we have our next stretch here. So that was the gauntlet of all gauntlets. Like we said, the hardest stretch in college basketball in the last decade. Uh, we have Nebraska coming up that has been canceled because of COVID. Then we go Maryland, Purdue, Rutgers, Nebraska, Purdue, Maryland, Indiana. And then we finally see uh, you know, a top opponent, Illinois. But that whole stretcher, besides Rutgers, we're not seeing a ranked opponent, which is kind of, I, I still don't fully understand how the Big Ten, probably because of COVID, how they were only playing half yep. the teams twice. And then the second half of the season, we played the other half twice rather than spread it all out. But we definitely played all the tough teams. Now we're playing all the bottom teams. 12 games stretch, Pete, what do you got for our record? record. J- just, just through those 12 games. 12 games. Yep. So don't give yeah. me the overall of the entire Big Ten. Just give me those 12 games. This stretch coming forward, what do you got? I got nine and three. Nine and three. That's what I got. Oh, Shoot. no. I have nine oh, and three. I hate when that happens. But t- tell us why we're yeah, both I right. Mean, I put in a loss to Maryland. The Maryland's, they've won a couple in a row, but they lost their first five. So, yep. I, I mean, Nebraska and Penn State, you should be able to take care of Northwestern. I mean, I just, I don't, I see us splitting with Rutgers and Purdue and Maryland. Yep. But I just see us, you know, it, beating some of these lower Big Ten teams. We're in a better spot than them. Yep. Um, so we, we went through the toughest stretch at 4-4. Four and four. Um, I can see us winning a few more games in the back half of the stretch. Yep. So, um, which will propel us nicely in the Big Ten standings. We're in 7th right now out of 14. Which is crazy to think, top right? Five. Yeah. I mean, and it just seems crazy to me that we're, we're, we're playing super well. We're talking about how great of a team we have, but we're still seventh in the Big Ten. But it's obviously yep. loaded. You have your, you know, your fourth place team is five and three. You know what I mean? Even Wisconsin is a top ten team, yeah. and they're in third place. Cra- you know? Crazy how we don't play Wisconsin twice. Yeah, that's interesting. I, that's to be honest with that. you, I'm probably okay with that. I mean, it's one thing to lose to Wisconsin, but it's another thing where you have to watch Wisconsin play. Is, sure, I, is like so a, ugly and boring that it's like it's like double punishment. You know what I mean? <laughs> you lose and you had to watch Wisconsin no. play. It is, but we want them on our home court because we don't ever lose. That's true. That's true. We so we should maybe they'll schedule it like they scheduled the football late. Maybe they'll work it in the schedule or something. That's true. I don't know. So if we if we go nine and three, then so that would put us at if my friendly math serves me correctly, that would put us at thirteen. And seven, Ooh. Big Ten record, 13 and seven. We, I mean, I'm assuming that's an obvious we're in, we're in the dance at 13 yep. and seven. Four, what, five seed. I was, what's, yeah, what's that seed looking like? Maybe like a four, four or five, five. Right? Maybe four. So then we get, I'm hoping it's a four. The 5 12 matchup is always yeah, the four. easiest upset pick. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So is that, is that where we're trending? Or, because obviously over 12 games, Good teams, even against yeah. even against lower competition, they're going to find ways to, to win. But if you're a mediocre team, there's plenty of ways to find ways to lose yes. over 12 games. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We're, if we're a mediocre team or even just a good team in this, we could easily go 6-6. Six and six. Mm-hmm. We could even go 5-7 and seven for crying out loud in this stretch. Do you think we have enough power in the uh, arsenal to, we, to get to that? I think we do. Yeah? Yeah, I think we do. We've been tested. I think okay. it should go good. I mean, 
best case scenario, maybe you get to 10, 10 and 2, be the number 3 or 4 in Big 10. Wow. Worst case scenario is like 6 to 6. If yep. they go below that, it's a, all of a sudden we turn into a disaster. Yeah. But you, you got to respect all the teams in the Big 10. So um, if we can finish, you know, the best case scenario, 3 or 4, and, you know, worst case scenario, maybe 7 through 9. Mm-hmm. Either way, you're in the dance. Yep. That's barring true. a disaster. Yes. So, I mean, that's that's how I see it. I, I feel good to where say, we're at. Who, who knows what the top teams, if yeah. they've played yep, the, everyone, if they've already beaten up each other, who, who knows with that. So, I mean, this could even itself out. I mean, if, like you said, we go 10-2 and two in that stretch with it and go 16-6, and six, shoot, that that Maybe. may be enough. Yep. You know what I mean? That that That's going to put us pretty darn close. And then, obviously, you got the Big Ten tournament. So... It's fun to talk about, right? It's all fun to yeah. talk about, but you just, like I said, you just never know. I will throw this out here one time, Pete. I'll throw this out here one time. And, and like I said, I don't, I don't want to be negative, Nancy, but I also don't want to be unrealistic to think we're coming off this fun win against Michigan and everything's fine and dandy and whatever. For the long term, I mean, do you think, I mean, we talked about Patino. Do you think Patino's still the guy? I know we have a great team, right? But is he the reason for a success where we should still, if you had to sign him to a five-year contract today with the number 17 team in the nation at 11 and four, you had to sign him to a five-year contract today or fire him, what are you doing? Ooh. Or unless you want me to swing first. Yes, you go ahead first. I would part ways. I would part ways. Yeah, I'd part ways and never look back to be honest with you, mm-hmm. because I don't think he offers anything more than anyone else does. I really don't. Um, and I think the culture of it, I, I just think maybe it's because I remember my childhood of Clem Haskins and you know the 97 Final Four run, where I think there's enough to offer in Minnesota where we could attract a really good coach. My inside feeling, and this is, you know, maybe this is just pipe dream, I'm hoping in no, oh, I, oh, oh, you know where this oh, is going. I think I do. I mean, if you watch Timberwolf Land, things aren't going so well in Timberwolf Land uh, right now. So, no offense, but I'm hoping our boy Ryan Saunders, alumni Ryan Saunders, he steps away or is forced to step away from the Timberwolves, and we say, hey, we yeah. got a friendly little spot right over here at your old stomping grounds at the U of M in Dinkytown, and he heads up hoops. For your Ooh. University of Minnesota Golden Gophers, I'd thoughts sign there. On, I'd sign on to that plan, right? In a heartbeat, right? Yes, because marketing, marketing wise, everything, yeah. right? Yeah, because Patino will never get us to the next level, probably. I agree. You know, That's why to teams, and, yes, but to keep people and keep a sustainable culture, yes, it's band aids every single year. Correct. Yeah, I'm. I, I'd sign up for that. Because in in to your point, it's more. It's not necessarily coaching. It, it well, it is the coaching, but the culture yep. of it, like you said, I don't think is sustainable. You look at he rubs too many people the wrong way. Yep. And too many players are. You hear it all the time from inside people of no one likes Patino. The players don't like Patino. You know yep. what I mean? So they're coming here because of whatever reasons, but they don't really like Patino. So if you don't like the guy and people don't like coaching under him. That's not sustainable. That's not a good culture to yeah. be a part of. And so in the long term, it's going to break down. So I think now is a great time to unleash, you know, it's COVID. Everything's Perfect. weird. Yeah. 
get him out of the system. Coyle's a great AD. I love it. I think he has high expectations. I don't think he settles for mediocrity. So it'll be curious as we see how this season develops. I think unless Gophers really finish well, I think there could be a change at the helm. I really do. Especially if this thing goes sideways. Like if we go sideways in the last 12 and, and we have... Ryan Saunders that gets canned from the Timberwolves, which, I mean, I don't know. That well, could I mean, happen. It's, very, I, it's, I, it's a parallel to the Clay's killer uh, to Fleck, right? It wasn't a complete dumpster fire. Correct. It was actually, exactly. actually that's a, a lot great of good example. things, but Coyle had someone in his hip pocket Correct. he wanted long-term. Correct. And that's the way Coyle has got to approach this, I'm sure he is. is yes. He will move. It probably doesn't matter as much as what happens. He already is thinking about the – he thinks very long-term about coaching. You think yep. of what he does in hockey, girls basketball, which hasn't worked yet. But, like, just think of throughout his coaching, right? right? You got Fleck, you got Whalen, and you got Matsko. Yeah. Okay. And they're all – like, he thinks long-term. So he's probably – and Patino's not his coach. Yes. And he's waiting till he has the right hire, which is Correct. the way to do it. So I, who that is – I trust him, and yep. I think it's it doesn't it doesn't matter how the season finishes out. Yep. Thank you, Patino, for your service. Here, That's true. That's true my guy, too. or some other person That's that true. He just gets it because Patino is not. We already said it. It's just he's not going to be the long term. Yep. And I don't for Minnesota especially. He just doesn't. He, it just doesn't work as well in Minnesota. Yep. I think Fleck really works well in Minnesota. Yes. And I think. And people can like that or hate that, but that's kind of the culture here. Minnesota, yep. nice and yep. It's and, someone local. Yeah, and he's more of an East Coast guy. You know, I mean, yeah. he, was, he was raised sure. out East. The senior Patino. I mean, yeah, it, out in Boston. I mean, it's just different, just different. out there. Yeah, yeah he's more wrong, brash right? and more... Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's just more demeaning. It, it, it just doesn't fit here. And to your point, if he has his guy, you know what I mean? If he has Ryan in the bag, I think he pulls the trigger. Well, I maybe really, that's I really why they're... Do. T- what? Let's bring it up here. Maybe the t- maybe Ryan is just tanking the Timberwolves. You think get, he's tanking? They get a little tanking. He already for the knows ghost? he has the deal. Wow. Gets the severance check and let's move on. Wow. Maybe that's a great play. You think? <laughs> There's a lot of speculation well, there. A, this is what. But this is what. But in all seriousness, are all about. <laughs> well, right. But in all seriousness, though, I well, I could was- see Coyle seeing that because to your point, he's never like when Gophers football with that Clay's transition there. Yeah. He we were in a good spot. There, yeah. I mean, it was still a trending in the right direction, but long term, Clay's wasn't the guy. Like you said, I don't think Patino's the guy. So I think as long as he finds whoever he mm-hmm. wants, I think he'll jump ship with them. I really do. And so, and he's got a track record of supporting his coaches, and coaches like to see that. Yes, he's got Coyle's got a track record. Yes. Um, although he's been on the news a lot this year about the whole gymnastics and yes. sports cutting, but really overall for the big programs, he has yep. a pretty good consistency. I'll let you coach. I'm gonna yep. support you. The you know, and yep. and that's what you need for you know. That's what Wisconsin's had for years, and that's what Gophers need in every program. Yeah, and I don't think we would lose any recruits from it. I don't think we'd lose anyone on the current roster from it. You know what I mean? Other I than th- like Car, that's already in goal. Car, Correct. Car Correct. might be the only person I'm worried about. Yes, leaving. the rest of them would all stay. Yeah, I think they would all stay because I don't think, to be honest with you, I don't think any of them truly like them. But Liam Robbins' uncle is on the staff. That's a little, a little hairy, bit, little but bit. I think he'd probably even say, I think Liam Robin's uncle, um, I think he would probably talk to him and be like, hey, dude, you're on a good team right now, 
And he probably yeah. even know he probably even knows Ryan Saunders, where he's like, dude, you're, you have a great coach here. I'm he's probably not going to be his uncle's probably not going to be the coach under Ryan Saunders' team. Yeah, right. He's probably like, dude, finish out your senior year here on a squad that's going to be good and ride it out. But I I think that's what every AD is worried about is always the transition year of yep. like, shoot, is this going to destroy the recruiting class and is it going to destroy the current class where we have to rebuild forever? So it's tough. And look at the freshman so- sophomore classes; they're not very good. No, at this point. So exactly. So I mean, the only reason we're patching this together is because we got well because Patino failed on his recruiting. That's the only way you can – I mean, you, he's figured out how to transfer and band-aid it up and then a couple of Gopher star, uh, Minnesota stars that came home, Coffee yes. and Oturu yes. and Gabe um, to a lesser extent. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, Brandon Johnson, Liam Robbins, these are all transfers. You don't have – I mean, there's – you look don't at freshman Carr, sophomore. All of them, our entire starting lineup. Yeah, there's no like – yeah. So, I mean, Coyle's got to be looking at that and be like, this is going to be a Dude, problem Pete, every it's year. happening. It's happening. And you yeah. heard it here yeah. first. I'm telling you. It's gonna happen, Pete. So, I don't know. That, that's that's just my feeling. So, you have anything else for these listeners to talk? Do we miss anything? No, nope, I think we covered it. We covered it well. Covered so, it well. so no game this week. Nebraska uh, is scared off with COVID, unfortunately. Uh, so the next one will be Maryland. Uh, what, what do we got for the date there? The twenty twenty third, one p.m. It'll be at home, so that's a guaranteed win. <laughs> um, so we got that to look forward to. So very good. Thanks for tuning in. Follow us at the Gopher Guys on Twitter. Skyuma, go Gophers.